into DAR Sports Media. We are not newsbreakers. We are truth tellers. The wrestling podcast for people who go outside. Tonight, we are blessed with the presence of well-known podcaster and comedian, uh, the man who runs PW Nation. He is uh, one each, Sam Medina. What's up, man? Thanks for jumping on here with us. What up, what up? Thanks for having me. So, loaded Newsweek. One that we already thought was going to be loaded. We were already like, oh, man, we're going to talk about this and talk about that. It's going to be a loaded week in wrestling. And then the biggest piece of news of all drops like a bomb out of nowhere. We're going back and forth. We're texting. What the hell are we going to do with the wrestling show this week? What's the best way to approach this? How do we read the room properly to to handle this uh, with the appropriate amount of respect? We decided that... uh, you know, jumping on here and doing a Royal Rumble preview and and acting all excited and and hyped about putting out a show, uh, you know, with everything that was going on before anything had been decided, felt irresponsible, felt like it wouldn't be respectful to the litany of things that people were going through while reading the insanity that came out in this lawsuit. So we said, hey, let's see if they take care of any business. Let's see how Triple H performs in this press conference so that we can do, you know, as close to apples to apples as we can with the way that we reacted to the the AEW and Chris Jericho situation. Because while we might be um, a little bit wild on the show, sometimes we are also trying to be our best to be as fair as possible. Um, And that's ended up what we ended up deciding. Thankfully. Friday, whether you want to give them too much credit for it or not because it looked like they got a gun to held to their head by Slim Jim. Uh, TKO does the right thing, shows Vince McMahon the door. Obviously, it was put out that he resigned, but I think it's pretty fucking obvious to anybody who knows anything about how the thing, any of these things work. Um, yeah, resigned as in the body's in the trunk type of fucking resigned. Um, for anybody living under a rock, to summarize, uh, Thursday, extremely uh, graphic, disturbing, Intense lawsuit was dropped, um, proclaiming Vince McMahon had engaged in. You need to read it for yourself. It's very easy to find. But um, and you know, trigger warning to anybody out there who's been a victim or anything like that, and had been involved in all manner of, uh, you know, gang rape was mentioned, uh, all kinds of sexual assault, um sex sex trafficking where he was you know utilizing this young lady as basically like a party favor to members of production to one each Brock Lesnar apparently to get him to resign um etc that came out and this is what happened um some things I don't want to go too much into it because I don't know how much 
trying to put any of this into perspective is going to be helpful to um, anybody listening or or anybody who has kind of made up their decisions. But the original, when people say, what did people know they did in the investigation, et cetera, et cetera. I just, I want to remind everybody the investigation and the original thing that he got in trouble for was for misuse of company funds and stockholder funds to employ this woman and to uh, pay her off to once the the relationship was over to go away. Um, he used company funds and stockholder funds to do that, which is what got him and, and to do it with several other women along the way. Um, and that's, so when you say their investigation, they didn't interview her, they didn't do this, they didn't do that. Well, because it's not necessarily what they were investigating. What they were investigating is his misuse of company funds to keep a to keep a, a girlfriend around, basically. Now it turns out, as we find out now, it was a far more uh, predatory, intense, and it was already predatory. That that already should get you fired and get you fucking put out of there forever using a position of influence uh, to employ someone to where you have control over them, control over their finances, control over that to even be, you know, your girlfriend or, or your sugar baby for a, a better, a lack of a better term. Um, that already is predatory and should have gotten him out of there. Now we find out later it was uh, extremely predatory that there was things that she did not consent to going on Um a lot of things that she did not consent to going on. She and 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 if you believe some of the the fuller parts of she wasn't really comfortable with any of it at all from the beginning. Um, originally, what we had understood about this was that this was a consensual arrangement between two adults, and that he was using company funds on it, which you can't fucking do. Now we understand that that was not the case. That she was promised a job, she was promised career advancement, et cetera, et cetera, and this whole time. It was him planning on sinking his hooks into her to do all of these things and and utilize her basically as a fuck toy um, going forwards. All of this ends up in a sentence that I is just so unbelievable. And I said it, and we have been saying it on this podcast, that they were making moves towards this possibly happening. And... What do they know? What do they think is going to come out? Um, Because, right, people like to get very polarized on this type of things. It's like people try to act like either, oh, they definitely knew everything or, oh, they didn't know anything. We don't know what they knew, but they were certainly making moves to the effect that they were going to need to get him out of there. And we've been talking about that on this show since July. So I don't know if they knew everything. But I, what I do know is that they probably knew something was was going to come. Um, also, a part of this that seems to be, uh, I don't know the exact sequence of events, but that that very NDA that he paid out that was misuse of funds that started all this seems to have stopped getting paid when this all came up and that is when, so therefore NDA voided. Therefore now there's some, that, that D and NDA, as it seems that a lot of certain wrestling fans out there don't know what NDA stand for. The D stands for disclosure. And so since he quit paying, 
what was agreed upon for that NDA. Now disclosure is happening. Um, and that's a part of this situation as well. Uh, so this all ends up with Vince McMahon. And I remember I was saying this right when it happened, like, holy shit, it is possible for Vince McMahon to get fired from the WWE. And that happened on Friday. A sentence that is so... I, a mere five years ago would have been the most incomprehensible sentence to speak. Vince McMahon got fired from the WWE. Um, good riddance. He and everybody who knew and who covered this up should all fucking burn in hell. So hopefully this is the beginning of, of many things getting exposed, things being turned around. Um, as much as some people don't like to admit it, this is still on many fronts, the industry leader, the, the leader of the industry. So hopefully if they can clean house and make things better and make this a safer space for women and put things in place to make sure nothing like this ever happens again. And it's not normal and it's not normal culture and it's not accepted. Hopefully that has a ripple effect to the rest of the business. Things could get turned around. Uh, True. Well, I'm going to get to our guest first because he's, you know, yeah, we yeah. brought him in. Being patient. Sam, yeah. what is thoughts that? on this crazy fucking situation? You know, while you were talking, I just had a realization. I just realized something here. Vince McMahon stopped paying this NDA when he got caught paying. So Vince McMahon stopped paying this NDA when he lost um the access to company funds yep like if he if he would have continued to pay this thing out of his own pocket which he probably could afford uh then then, then none of this would have came out that's crazy that's wild that he just like oh well i'm just gonna stop paying her now oh that was i was listening to some other podcasts and and they were talking about how that's how he used to do the promotions wow. when he would buy them out in the 80s and 90s is he would buy they would settle on a payment He'd buy them out. They'd get like 70% of the way there. And then he'd just be like, meh. And they'd just stop. And he'd be like, what the fuck are you going to do about it? And that wow, was probably that's the same. Because if you remember how the last lawsuit ended up wrapping up, it was that, you know, he's been found to have misused funds, everything going forward, and yeah. all the paybacks will be made out of his own personal account. That was the statement that they put out. Like, this is how Vince is going to handle this. He's gonna he was everything. To pay back WWE yeah. Himself, right. Yeah. yeah. With his so own funds. That's why exactly. He pay the, the NDAs anymore because of that. And then there's been other women. There's been like three or four other women whose NDAs are probably completed and done who they yep. can't speak, which is sad. And yep. those all got paid out on company funds as well, which is crazy. It's I mean, horrible, it, man. It's horrible. On top, on top of countless, I mean, we're just talking about the NDAs. We're not talking about uh the jobs the salaries the you know we had saw that list of all the things that he um you know hundreds of thousands of dollars he spent on her all i'm guessing through company funds um yeah he yeah. bought her a bmw so, was on that list yeah 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 so That's all of wild. that all company funds um what do you think of uh how Endeavor ended up ended up taking care of this. 
You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's a better for wrestling that he's gone. Um, it's better for everything. So uh, I would say they did the right thing because they're going to lose their sponsorship deals. Apparently, Slim Jim was a big deal. Like, it was yeah. one of their biggest sponsors. And the whole Roman Reigns match uh, out of the Royal Rumble, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself, that was all, like, Slim Jim uh, sponsored or whatever. So that was a big deal. So, you know, getting rid of him um, really helped the company out a lot. And um, just it's it's horrible. And, you, you know, one thing I, I would like to say is, you know, remember a few years ago when somebody would get released from the WWE, like, like Matt Cardona or just, yeah, just somebody, yeah. right? And you would go, this person's free now. They're free. It almost feels like the WWE is released from the WWE. It feels like we're free now. Like, we can do anything now. Um, now that we don't have because uh, he was, you know, really was like crazy. Fucking <laughs> so, up everything. Well, that was, you know, between he really him was, and he really was not to conflate too much of this serious situation with like the entertainment aspect, but um, between the way he acted, the terrible publicity clearly because, you know, he's terrible being a fucking piece of shit. Um, and the fact that he had obviously completely lost touch. And we're going to get into this a little bit more once we get to the wrestling side of this pod. Um, but, but for an example, one of the things I was talking about last night and one of the things I've been meaning to talk about on this show is, you know, people are like, why is the crowd suck so much? And I'm like, it doesn't sound like you watch WWE very much because that's what all their crowds sound like. Because Vince and Kevin Dunn and that whole crew has spent the last six plus years telling them that what the way that they react doesn't fucking matter. So WWE crowds show up. They it's like they're watching a stage play take place in them that they don't interact with. They clap at the part, parts where the hero gets his sword out, um, and the parts that they're supposed to. But the rest and of Kevin it, they're Dunn just was, they're just bystanders. Probably adding adding also adding audience noise. Oh, of course he was. Of course he, he was. I mean, because you see that all the time. You see you hear noise, but you don't see nobody in the crowd moving. But but it's noise that they put in to emphasize what they want to emphasize. Um, but recently, last three months or so, it's been this really weird mix of like the what's going on in the ring doesn't really match the audience that it's going on in front of. And that was going to be one of my major leading points of our <laughs> wrestling pod before all this crazy shit happened. Um, what's happening in the ring doesn't really match the crowd because you're almost getting more, I don't want to, you know, but like more AEW, more like ring bait, like wrestling based, like action based stuff's going on in the ring, but the crowd is just like, just blankly staring off into space regularly on like, especially like SmackDown, sometimes on Raw too. You'll see, you know, these matches between these luchadors or you'll see matches between, you know, like Ivar and and, and uh, Bronson Reed where people are just going fucking crazy in the ring. Like the stuff they're doing is out of control and the crowd is just, it's like they're having a match on the fucking moon. But the crowd <laughs> will cheer for the end and for the entrances. And so it's been really weird. It's been very eerie for a few months, ever since it was kind of clear that like, Vince was out and Triple H was in. The action in the ring really hasn't matched the audience that it's happening in front of. So the Royal Rumble crowd last night didn't surprise me at all. And that training 
that Don and Vince were responsible for is obviously at this point a much smaller piece of the black cloud that was hanging over the WWE with his presence. It's about 1% uh, of it now compared to the shit that he was doing behind the scenes. But it's definitely something that, you know, is, is another part of it that was eroding this brand. Um, true? Thoughts on all this crazy bullshit, man? Well, I'm going to uh, start by saying this is far from over. And the reason why it's far from over is because I believe it was what June or July of 2022 when details of this first surfaced, I think around that time. And um, I was in a uh, in a group chat at the time, a uh, wrestling group chat with people. And about a week after, all of this stuff went down with Vince. I was told, yo, if the full details of what's going on with this situation get out, this shit is crazy. My oh, question wow. to that person was, how do you know? <laughs> yeah. And their their response was, oh, everybody knows. This person does not work for WWE. They are extremely connected to people in WWE and AEW. But if they knew wow. almost two years ago, and I didn't get details at the time because they said they couldn't say that much. It's like, dude, if this gets out, this is going to be even crazier than what people think. So the fact, here we are, almost two years to that day, and we're, we're just learning that. This is far from over. Everybody was complicit in these things because you have to think about it. Those text messages that showcase that oh, all the boys were interested in this. All so, like the boys liked it. Those, since we're gonna since, since we're gonna go into this, hold on. I want to. I want. I just want to say something real quick. When you say everybody knew, people like to take that. And they like to make of it what they want to fit what's in their head. What everybody knew for sure is that because, right, true, you're in the entertainment industry. You know a lot of people in wrestling. I know a lot of people in wrestling. What they knew was, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm, I'm paraphrasing what was likely said and thought at the time. And again, if everybody did know that this was without consent and that this girl was basically a prisoner, then they need to fucking go down. It's almost like it was an open but, secret, you know. But for sure, what everybody knew, what everybody probably knew was like, hey, this is this young chick that Vince keeps around. She's down for whatever. Groupie status. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yes, that was the well that was in what the, people in the text knew. Message, the lack he of said, consent, the lack yeah. of consent mm -hmm. is what the question is, is if people knew that. And I and I actually had like a whole bit on this that I was going to go into on this because it's 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 how. And again, I, I said it on a couple of shows ago. I'm a trained sexual sexual assault advocate. I've handled cases before in my work. Oh, what wow. we talk about all the time is is allowing culturally 
the culture of the place you work and the place that you live, you allow the boundaries to get pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. <laughs> and then after a while, things that are fucking ridiculous seem normal. And when those things begin to seem normal, you are less likely to dig into them to see if anybody's getting hurt. So if you have a culture where young women are, are being employed for that use, Very and this is not abnormal. Like they're coming and going quick. Yeah, and it's not abnormal. Then it could just be, you know, I, I hate to use language that's terrible, but I'm just, I'm, I'm sending, I'm trying to give an example of what happens in these situations. It's just another girl that's down to do whatever for Vince because he's powerful and he's rich and he's whatever. And she's okay with getting passed around or being, getting talked to all crazy. Um, and yeah, and then I'm, I'm sure a ton of them have come, come and gone over the years. Exactly. I, I wanna, and so again, I that culture, yeah, go ahead. Real quick and just say, there's so many cases that Vince McMahon could have had against him that's just swept under the rug. Yeah. So when I say everybody knows... I think people know, like, there's more to it than just because Vince is like I think, and I, and I'm I'm trying to word this the, the the correct way. I think someone of Vince McMahon's wealth, and if you want to use the term power, uh, a lot of people will gravitate to you, men and women in yes. general, because yes, yeah. because that and is, those that texts. Is, so yeah. those texts that everybody want to say, like, oh, well, uh, those power dynamics that are going on in those texts are not abnormal to me. That's not the first no. time I've seen stuff like that. No. Not some shit that I would send. But uh, so to me, again, wanna, to say, oh, well, people who knew look at these texts, like, again, wanna, you uh, allow culturally things that are not I'm that abnormal. I understand. I have to be mindful of, of how of how of how I word this this particular one. Yeah. As someone who has been involved in several different scenarios uh, amongst um, amongst a very fun community of people, those dynamics are sometimes seen to certain people as intriguing, compelling. Uh, turn-ons you know and guess what i'm not gonna yuck your yum as they say whatever works for you so if someone saw that Look, they might when this all first came out and it looked like it was just a consensual pass around situation there was there was popular personalities on twitter saying fuck i would have done that for that money I've, yeah which is probably so not the, in hindsight probably not the no in the hindsight when i with the new information obviously that didn't age well but so when we're talking about the the theory of oh well people knew it, again when you let the culture of a place keep going and the blind keep getting pushed and the line keep getting pushed in the way you're you allow women to be treated and the way uh you know what is looked at as normal for all of most of these people probably knew it's just another girl that Vince pays to to be around and to party basically. Um, yeah, and but like, what, what, and again, if it's thing. revealed that people did know that she was yeah. not liking this, and it was not really a consensual, it was more of a groomed situation than it was a consensual professional 
a lady who does this on a regular because there are plenty of ladies out there. No, no hate towards them. Hey, like do what you do. Uh, who do this? Who you know find who are completely comfortable and seek out arrangements with more powerful rich men. Um, so that like, was yeah. likely the assumption. Now, anybody who did know that this was more of a grooming situation and a predatory situation and that she did not like it, again, should fucking burn in hell. But when we're talking about what people knew, what people didn't, the a lot of this so stuff, damaging. Yeah. I think the text of the damaging part, because as this was happening, the things that are being said and brought forth, it, reading it, I'm uncomfortable reading it because it's like the the whole Brock thing was like, yo, like, like you know, I mean, even though it doesn't say Brock's name, I don't, I think, I don't think it says Brock's name in the actual. No, text. it doesn't. Like, it doesn't. People just kind of it, with it. it said former UFC and WWE guy. Well, so it said UFC. Playing, it said Brock. UFC heavyweight champion. There's nobody else that that applies to in the WWE. Now if it there said is a chance. MMA in yeah. WWE, I would have said, oh, that's Riddle. That's the first now, thing now there is um, a chance that they might be mistaken when they say UFC heavyweight champion because these are not wrestling people. When so. did when did Cain Velasquez come into the company? Oh, that's a hell of a call right there. That's actually a good one. I, I don't think it wasn't it right around that time. I don't think so. Either, I don't know. Um, I want to bring up a point that I never thought of uh, in in the okay. We'll say right. It may not be Brock, but the person that's that's referred to as as being part of the deal that person thinks it's consensual the 12 people in the production office that vince is saying they're going to pass you around and this and this those 12 people also think it's consensual i never thought about that but you're right in the text messages the way he words it he never like he doesn't tell he like he says that she's willing to do this to them like i'm not gonna look again i'm not we're trying to be as respectful as possible true You've been in the rap game. You've been in the wrestling game. I know for a fact, because even in my line of work, this is not, would not be the first time somebody said, hey, you know my girl over here? She's down to fuck you. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna keep it 100. I, I've been at a bar. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And I've had dudes walk up like, you see that girl? And... That's that just, shit happens in normal life, let alone but see in, in places is, entertainment power dynamics where it's but pretty see, normal. This is, this is why I say we are the podcast we say we the podcast people who go outside because there's things that exist in this world that I know that a lot of wrestling fans and people in general do not know exist because they don't go outside, they're not around these situations. If you've been in certain situations, you know that there's certain types of people, communities that exist for stuff just like this. It's it just that the dynamic, you know, there is a thing that I think is strange to me. And I, it's, it's a three, it's three letters they use for it. And it's in the community. And I've seen it a lot. I do not understand it, but it involves the word consent. And I don't, I, it is strange to me and I don't like it. But people do play around with that. A lot of I've I've had women that I've talked to mention that to me. I'm not like look. People have their things that they're into, and sometimes lines get blurred. In this case, 
Vince McMahon has so much of a history of doing so much fucked up shit that it's just like you don't even you can't give somebody like that the benefit of the doubt because so to him it's, was, it's normal. That's the next thing that dovetails into it, right? So it's another thing we're taught in these classes, in this training, and in, in you know sexual assault advocate, uh, anti human trafficking specialty. Uh, like okay, so Vince says to the, these production guys. Hey, this new chick, I'm this young chick that I'm um um employing, she's a fucking freak. She's down to do whatever. She'll fuck all of you. Right? He might he most likely what the conversation was. Mm-hmm. But if you're one of those people who's having that said to them, it is your responsibility to ask yourself what is really the deal with this situation. Do I really feel comfortable? taking a chance that I'm a part of something where somebody is, is being groomed to do something against their will, because there are people, plenty of people out there who absolutely would be in that situation um, and be okay with it. But unless you know, unless you're that person, unless you know, for sure, then that's when you got to kind of say something about it or check with somebody else. Like, Hey, what's the deal with this? Um, so while I think you and me agree, like there's a good chance that this was spun in a way to these people that made it sound like, you know, this girl's a freak and she's down to do whatever for me. It's also your responsibility if you're on the receiving end of that conversation to dig into that and figure out what the deal is, because otherwise you are a party to human trafficking. Yeah, and that's absolutely. that's that's right out of the fucking training manual. Right out of the fucking training manual. If yep. because that stuff does exist, it does happen, but it's your responsibility as the person on the other end of that to figure out what the real deal is with this situation. And I feel I like if you if you meet this person or not with this person, then you should be able to like also read the demeanor and read the room and like look at this person and be like, is this person in trouble? So, well, I guess what we're getting at here is just because it does what we're saying that this is often this is done a lot and this is not this is often a consensual arrangement. It doesn't remove the responsibility or the accountability from the people who partook on it. It partook in it that they shouldn't have looked into it more uh, before they knew what they were partaking in and what they were adding and abetting happening well, to this young lady who didn't partake who just kind of looked the other way. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of those people. Yeah, who just that's the, the other one. way. That's the one. The people who look the other way, yeah, or have their suspicions because in the entertainment industry, as someone who has dibbled and dabbled in the entertainment industry, been to meetings, parties, and stuff like that, you see a lot of situations where there's like, man, that's some weird stuff going on. There's something going on there, and it's like, ah, oh, well, it's not my business, you know. I, I, I don't, you know, like something might be yeah. off, but. I, I don't know. And and that's how the system continues to work the same way as if you keep looking the, the other way or you just like, ah, nah, nah. And it continues. And then there's like, you know, there, there's women and, and sometimes men who are suffering as a result of these situations. And no one steps up to be like, OK, we you like we need to we need to have discernment and, and look at this a little differently. But I think in the position of WWE, and, and the position of all wrestling companies, the person who's at the helm at the top gets pretty much, you know, immunity. They can do whatever they want. And p- 
people just kind of go along with it because they got they got the money, they have the power. And then mm -hmm. at the power dynamic is what's always been the issue in every form of business. It's always an issue. People's power dynamic, it, it drives people. And Vince has is just like what 80 almost or something, damn near 80 now. Like yep. he's he's been getting away with bullshit for years. He helped cover up Jimmy Snook. I mean, if you really want to, you know, get into it, he's done some. He had cases against. It goes way him. back, absolutely. His track record goes way back. In the eighties, he had he had a history of like a sexual assault, uh, accusations and allegations of rape. Like, yeah, the rape. Yeah, a, 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 yep. a woman ring announcer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then and, in two thousand six, there was a masseuse that that yeah masseuse that that yep. And yep. and the police said, "There's hey, there's enough to go on here." And the prosecutor's office said, is, "Yeah." A lot of these people, these executives and production or whoever they are, they're living their dream job and they don't want to rock the boat maybe too, you know, like is oh, he's yeah. the boss, whatever, Absolutely. Whatever. It's, well, that's and, what I was and, just about to say is the only reason it all came to a head now is because he had bosses and he's not at yeah, the top of the chain you're anymore. Right. You're right. Exactly. There's one man behind all of this. The one man behind all of this. And we've all known this, I think, very quietly, because who's benefited the most from Vince's misfortune and his, you know, finally getting exposed for, for I mean, not even getting exposed. We knew already what he, you know, like the Mr. McMahon character, literally him just you're like, oh, Vince is just like, oh, man, Mr. No, it McMahon's was a, it was a PG version of him. Yeah, it's a PG yeah. Version, like <laughs> little did we know. Yeah. Like he's got he's got Tory Wilson and Sable and he's he's got Stacey Keeler from the legs like like he's booking oh himself God. and writing himself into like you you had to have seen it and he had allegations before all of that. Trish so, Stratus uh, with his wife in the ring. The Trish, and, oh my God, the Trish, it was so disgusting. That was so like so disgusting. And then remember, it, it, he's so sick. Remember the Vince McMahon kiss my ass club. That was a uh, thing. Yeah, that was a thing. He's I a was, sicko. So, you know these allegations are going on and twitter's you know having a having a wildfire and and all these different things are going on and somebody posts a picture of the vincent man kiss my ass club thing and i'm looking at the picture and then i zoom in a little bit and i'm like look how many children are around and he has his ass yeah. out on national television vince is a sicko do we not remember the storyline he presented for him and stephanie an incest based yeah. storyline yeah. He oh, kept yeah. going back to it. He wanted it to be with, with him and Stephanie. He wanted to be with Stephanie and Shane. Then when they wouldn't do it, he tried to put it on uh, Katie Lee and, and Paul Burchill. Yeah. He is a sicko. And there is and I'm, that promo that everybody kept showing of Stephanie when she's like, when I was 17 and, you know, you, you brought me to oh, this yeah. and stuff like that. There's always been a rumor, another rumor that, you know, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and Stephanie had like a there's like something that was going on there too, and we know that Macho Man was never brought back to the WWE, um, even after like Hogan and other people, the uh, Bret Hart Warrior Macho Man never got to come back, and so there's oh. always this thing of like what is what is what's happening in that wrestling bubble, like what's happening, you know, with Vince and what what is he doing? And I I mean man, back when and like I said Sam, you know, we probably you know, communicate with each other, you know, off and on over the last, what, 12, 13 years now, probably then, oh, you yeah. know? And so, 
like even back then there were questions like man like what's going on with Vince like Vince, like there's something wrong with Vince it's the same guy who approved the Katie Vick you know stuff and and he thought the you know HLA stuff would have been would have been hot <laughs> on TV which in a different context whatever but it's like no yeah, like this, HLA is just it's so funny because it's so stupid HLA like that's the thing HLA it, it's, it, so it's just it so dumb like there's so many things that Vince did that you would look at and be like yo this is like when I watched WCW growing up and I watched WWF growing up, I don't, you know, like, I don't remember seeing storylines like that. You know, it was, it was more like, like slightly family friendly. You had your silly characters you had. And even when the attitude era came along, like some of the stuff that they would do was like, you can see they were still kind of getting there, you know, footing like, like Stone Cold being like, your, you know, your redneck drinking beer. That's whatever. The Rock being like the cool dude with the Versace shirts and talking, you know, talking shit. Like that's fine. But then you got to like the Val Venuses, the the May Youngs, the Mark Henry stuff, the the you know Mark Henry with China, and they had like um like you know China put him in there with like a trans woman or something, and then like that became like a oh my god like like stuff like that. Like why was that even something we would want to see in professional wrestling? Attitude Era prioritized storylines. But there were certain things where, like, this is Vince's mind. Vince approves everything. Nothing gets on TV unless Vince thinks it's good. Yeah, they were writing for an audience of one. And so that's where you start to realize, like, all these sick things. Necrophilia. Why are we having this on television and on wrestling? Professional, like, they, they, Nick Goldust had a stutter for a while. And he, and, and they had Eugene, the character, like, Vince well, McMahon and, and, uh, and I think Goldust, the Goldust thing was he was doing that to entertain the boys, and they said, "Oh, you should do it on TV. You should do it on TV." So I think that was Dustin's own uh, creation. I think. I'm no, I, I believe that. I just be like, Vince has to approve it and be like, "Ah, oh, yeah, that's good shit, pal." That's Vince's thing. <laughs> so it's like he yeah. has to approve it, and so Vince having to approve all of this stuff. It lets you know kind of where his mind is. Like his mind is it's it's very sick, and that's. 40, 50 years of people telling you, you can get away with whatever you want because you have money, you have power. That And that's not just a wrestling issue. That is a worldwide issue in multiple industries. There's there a was, story of uh, you know, Bruce and Vince on a plane, uh, I think in the 80s. And uh, Vince uh, is, is, is bargaining with somebody to put their cigarette out on the plane because yeah, he didn't like yeah. cigarette smoke. And it's yeah. like, I'll buy your seat and I'll give you $25,000 or whatever, you know, what, 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 you know, whatever it was. And like, that's just insane power right there. Just, just, that's one story itself. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. So I can do whatever I want. Money can, with my money, I can do whatever I want. So to keep the, the train rolling on this whole situation, uh, last night's press conference. For the Royal Rumble, and again, like I said at the beginning, the setup, we wanted to make this as fair as possible. So we decided, hey, let's let's see how WWE handles the press conference uh, as compared to the last situation we had like this in wrestling. Um, and uh, it was not good at all. Um, no. I, I don't know if even, you know, people are like, of course, they're trying to do you know, apples to apples, like a, like a fucking scorecard, uh, one versus the other. Um, what I can say is, uh, you know, 
we condemn actions such as those if they end up being true. But we can't comment on ongoing civil cases going on with the company. Right. That response was right fucking there. It was I, highly I available. Like he should have said that before he opened the floor to questions. He should have. Uh, yeah, that, that should have been said, the first fucking thing he said. There's a situation. There's a legal situation going on that everybody is aware of. Unfortunately, I can't comment on it, but I can say that we don't condone it. And TK was doing everything in their power to make sure that something like this can never happen again. Questions, please, for the Royal Rumble. All, all right. It was right there. Very right, easy. Yeah. Um, instead, he definitely, he like definitely stammered and he felt like it felt like he was uncomfortable and like almost like he was ill prepared for those kind of questions, which and, he had and, to know that was coming. You had to yeah, know, right. no shit, especially when Cody got and, the question, when Cody got the question, and especially, uh, you know, it almost was the opposite where it was like, Hey, man, do you really got to bring up, try to harsh the vibes in here? A lot of positive stuff is happening for the company. Like, that was. Yeah. Uh, somebody said on Twitter, Other than defending really... it, other than defending it, that was damn near the shittiest way they could have responded. Somebody, like, God damn. On Twitter said, um, I lo- really like, they said, uh, you know, it's not, a, it's not a negative. It's not a negative. It's horrific. You know? Yeah. It's not, it's not a negative. It's horrific. There's a difference. A negative is like, oh, Seth Rollins' knee is hurt. That's a negative. What happened was horrific. And I think and you owe like a lot of women watch WWE. Like you owe your fans, the people who put the money in your pockets, you owe them better than uh, you know, I don't want to talk about anything negative. Let's 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 talk let's yeah. let's try to vibe it up in here. Like let's he go almost, with positive vibes. Like you almost owe felt like he was those uh, people. It almost yeah. felt like he was gaslighting the media, like 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 he was like you guys are bringing the vibe down. Like yeah, it's exactly what he was doing, and it was like and it was like you owe them at least. We don't condone anything like that. We are putting things in place to make sure nothing like that can ever happen in our company. Yeah. I can't comment further because it's ongoing litigation. You fucking owe yeah. your fans at least that. Like goddamn. I also want to bring up because I was explaining this to someone earlier. Because they asked, like, I had the press conference go. I said, I don't think that it was bringing Bailey out and then bringing Cody out. And then this guy sits down and gives a, an intro that felt like it went for a, a fucking hour. Oh, man. Like, I don't did. think, I don't think that that was, that was not an accident. Cause it was got it. So basically, what I'm getting at is it was damn near an hour before between when the presser opened. And when he started taking questions, Triple H started taking questions. I don't think that that was by accident. Yeah. I think they were trying to get people to, oh, we're all having fun. We kind of got a vibe going here. Uh, let's, you know, not dig into it. Thank fucking goodness. What I will say is, and this was, it, it's a crazy thing to say and to think of because the person I was explaining this to earlier, like, hey, how did it go? And I was like, man, I said, it was kind of like everybody got a practice run with the T- with the Tony Khan situation because no one seemed to be uncomfortable with this, with asking these questions last night. Uh, Houseman, our guy, Cam Hawkins, who shoved it down the fucking throats of a lot of people who had a lot to say about him upcoming to that show. We're going to get into that a little bit more. I don't give Cam too much credit because they ain't going to hear this and be like, see? see no, I mean, no. you know, I, I made a tweet that got 
a little bit of traction where I said, all you motherfuckers out here with your little anime abbies running your fucking mouth, you basically got a fucking checklist of things that people must do and must say, or they're this and they're that. Like, you have any kind of fucking authority or, like, you fucking matter. Fuck you. If I want to be, be selfish. If you want to have the work ethic and the talent to get into that room, then you can ask the fucking questions you want to ask. It was, like the fucking, it was like the fucking – it was like the fucking media was on trial and not the people who should have been Triple H and fucking Vince. I and I said this on Twitter. I said journalists have a hard job. You know, we we are we do we do this too, but we also cover the news as well. Journalists have a hard task to do when you're faced with stuff, but this is what media is, this is what journalism is. This is a part of what we being a part of the media one is to be able to have the freedom to uh, go to these things and ask these questions. And so, um, you know, Cam, uh, you know, Cam might have got people amping him up a little bit. Uh, I, I, I won't go into it. But he might got people amping him up a little bit about what he should say and and, and if he's going to say it. And and I, I for one, he, he did. It was all I, day. I appreciate when I say amping him up, it's private stuff or, you know, kind of needling them a little bit, messing with them. That's my guy. That's, that's my brother. So I like, I, I love the guy. And, and I think for him to get that, that's a moment for where people look at you and respect you more. And I know Cam personally for years now, and I know who he is, you know, and, and personally. And I think people, people see Cam and they see Houseman, they see Houseman, they say, oh, Houseman was, was you know, he, he did the, the Chris Jericho thing. Oh, yeah. He did, he did that. Oh, he did that just to stir up shit. Well, Houseman was the first motherfucker to say something and was not hesitant at all about it. And I want to be very selfish, like I said, being selfish here. But if it opens up the floor for media to come in and ask tough questions without the fluff, then I think that opens the door for this particular podcast to be able to finally get in those rooms too because there was always this thought of media can't get into those rooms if you ask tough questions someone has to do it and talking with the people that were in that room there's several of them that were in that room it felt like a shift like a tonal shift of we can't keep playing this game in the media anymore like we cannot keep playing it safe because we're enabling these people to continue to walk and breeze by without any type of like, at least answer for yourself. We have serial killers, rapists who get interviews on 2020, Dateline and shit like that. And they ask them all these hard fucking questions. You mean to tell me billion, billion dollar company can't have the CEO or the CFO or the whatever sit down and say, hey, what are you doing to fix this situation? And how can we prevent this from happening ever again? People were, that was when people were so like, oh, you're not going to do it. 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 And the thing is, in the past, they would not be wrong. There have been plenty of times where the media kind of skirted over allegations and and all stuff like that. Or, 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 or the people in power would say, oh, those are rumors or unfounded. We don't address them, which makes you look guilty. Because you could easily say, well, no, this is not what's happening. This is not what it is. Um, you know, we just watched Velveteen Dream sit for hours. I didn't watch the shit because I'm not supporting him. But I didn't watch it. And, and you know, and he tried to clear up his situation. And I saw people go at Chris, who who did the interview. Why would you platform a pedophile? And why? It's like 
This is what the media is here for. The, the hard, tough questions and the hard, tough interviews that somebody has to do because it's like we can easily excommunicate people from, you know, certain things. But I'm like, hey, Ric Flair's on television. Hulk Hogan was 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 talking racist shit. He's all over the fucking Royal Rumble. Yeah, like, we're, you're you're platforming people who who have deplorable acts against them. Speaking of which, just real quick, uh, remember what? So Hulk, never mind. I'm mixing up Hulk Hogan incidents. The other Hulk Hogan incident, <laughs> where he ended up owning Gawker. Do you remember what? Uh, yeah. Do you remember how that happened? How that came about? Kind of. It's been a minute. It was somebody loaning out their old lady to him. Wait, was that the bubble yeah. the love sponge thing? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, I remember it now. Okay. Yes. So again, <laughs> there's an example. There's an example. It's the type. It's the type of thing that is culturally not that abnormal. So and, yeah. And, and who was this running buddy in the '80s? Man, Randy Savage, uh, you know, accused Hogan of like, you know, what stuff with Liz and stuff with uh, when they were married. Oh, well, that know, was a big thing Savage in a lot of the yeah, was crazy, right? Every well, Savage was crazy. Well, it was the so it was the uh, the Ultimate Warrior shoots, which included a lot of other shit. We don't want to put too much stock in what he says, but a big thing he used to talk about was Savage and Hogan and Vince were always at each other's throats. Because Randy Savage didn't get down with the freaky shit. And Hogan and Vince did. He used to say that all the time in those shoots. That Randy Savage was a real man and he refused to engage in, uh, I don't know what fucking term that's good enough to, swapping women around. That Randy Savage wouldn't, would not engage in that and uh, and used to cuss him out about it and et cetera, et cetera. Warrior said that several times. And it's very obvious, I think, actually, in the sense of Hogan was the golden boy, right? He was like the golden boy. Yeah, of the yeah. they used to work out together. They used to. Yeah, this stuff goes all the way back, 70s and 80s. And I hate to be that guy. No, I don't really hate to be that guy. I enjoy being the guy. But be that guy, man. Vince's <laughs> running buddy in the 2000s. While he was still doing a lot of underhanded shit, just so happened to be his golden boy at the same time. A lot of people don't want to talk about this, and this is a very slippery slope. Some of this is a uh, if you know, you know thing. John Cena was married at one point. Um, His wife left him. There's a lot of talk there. He was on Howard Stern. He talked about doing a lot of weird shit. Um, Certain things he couldn't discuss. Uh, again, it's pretty, pretty, uh, a lot of rumors around about, uh, why Vince liked Shawn Michaels so much. Yeah. And despite that he, despite the fact that he was a terrible fucking draw and was tearing, destroying the locker room and being a terrible person. Terrible draw. Terrible draw. Like, Sean, and, I, and I love Sean as a wrestler, obviously, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was not great for business and, there is a lot of talk. I mean, look, if we get into the Pat Patterson side, then that's a whole different side of things if you start talking about Pat Patterson because then you're talking about uh, like a whole sector of the situations that happen in WWE, WWF, whatever you want to call it, where people were like uh, sexually harassed and there's, there, were, there were lawsuits that were, they were swept under the rug. 
for, for Vince, for Pat Patterson, for I think the Brooklyn Brawler was involved with something at one point. Like there's a ton of things that happen that we just get swept under the rug because it's easy. If you got the money, click, you can make it go away. You can make it go away. And that is how the industry at large has always worked. As someone who entered this industry, the wrestling and music and entertainment, 14, almost 14 years ago now, I have been offered to go to parties and to be in places. I've been in wrestling houses where things happen and I'm like, Yo, I'm out. <laughs> like, uh, I catch y'all later. And I've seen things that you like. I know stuff, but it's just like you know, like I like I've never seen I've I've seen like any like you know sexual assaults or anything like that. But it's just you know that that's a there's a line. And when yeah, you have those, that's what I was about to say. In a culture like that, those lines are bound to get blurred. It's it, and that's just how and that's and it's un it's unfortunate that this happens and there's so many victims out there who are scared to talk about. What's happened? Why? Because if this person has all the money and click, it can go away. None of it matters, and that is oh, like a worldwide sentiment. I mean, we're looking at people talking about the Epstein Island stuff, and people are talking about oh, we want to see the list, want to see the list, and that's a whole can of worms. If you really want to get into that, which no one wants to get into that, because if you do, there is a lot of stuff that happens. Um, Eric. Uh, I know you've spoken about this on here. I've had friends who grew up and they were like in the military and they have stories. And I'm like, dude, that is fuck. I, I had a, a friend, a lady who was in the military, a friend of mine. She told me horror stories of things she saw. And this is because there's power dynamics in all of these things. And that is what sucks about this industries in general. It sucks about the world in general because- yeah. We're, you know, if you're an everyday regular person, like the Vince situation with this girl, if this is with the how, how would he put it, she had lost her parents. She was kind of down and out and needed money. This is the type of person, unfortunately, that rich people do prey on because it's like you need this. So you give, I'll give you something. What are you gonna give me? There's no way in this world you look at that and be like, oh, that's fine. No, oh, that's fucked up. You're playing no, on somebody's weak moments. And yeah, that's yeah. fucked up. And that's that's what this industry has thrived on. I mean, you just saw Cat Williams talk all the shit that he talked and all that I stuff. I was gonna say it is it is ironic that all of this is, has ended up one thing after another started coming know, out right around we're here, right buddy. around the time that that, that Cat <laughs> Williams interview came out. This is the year of truth. That's what they said. And it's so funny. The year of truth, because there's a lot more truth that needs to be said about a lot of things. We will obviously get into that a little later. Uh, but, you know, I think that's the problem, though, with this, this this stuff is like. Once you know how this stuff works and what happens in this business, it breaks your heart, honestly, because you, you know, as a fan of professional wrestling growing up, I would have never thought that, like, I mean, Hulk Hogan. I could see him being racist. That's kind of a, you know, it's big old up like like you not see that. Like, okay. But like the Shawn Michaels stuff, I could probably see that too. Ashless chaps and he's the boy toy. I, growing up where I grew up, I ain't never heard no man call himself boy toy. Just, you know, never that was never something <laughs> that I ever heard. So I was I would think that that's odd. That's an odd way to call yourself. 
But like as time went on, you think, man, the industry was probably crazy back in the 80s and 90s and it's gotten better. And then you see it hasn't. It's just this, the strength of the legal contracts that they make people sign in the end and putting them NDAs out. If anything, sense. those types of social arrangements have become more normalized over the last 20 years. Very normalized. Because let me tell you about this this fucking Abu Dhabi yacht circuit, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. You step outside your bubble and you go looking around. There's there's stuff out there. I have a uh, uh, I had a I had a friend who uh, she was an Instagram model. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. She, you know exactly what out. I'm talking about. Yeah. She got yeah. flown out to Dubai. She was in Dubai and she was like, oh, I'm posting her pictures on IG. And then we heard the stories and I was like, yeah, well, there was some stuff that you wouldn't want to be pushing on your IG. The like, bottom. You. So ultimately. With this stuff becoming more and more normalized, stretching out to more and more people, we all and people in positions of power need to be more cognizant of looking out for situations where people are not liking what is happening to them or what they're involved in or what is going on. Um, Majority of people do not like that shit. And I use the word shit literally and figuratively. So a lot of people do not like stuff like that because – but money talks for people. And this is one thing I will say. Money talks for people. And I think there are things that people are morally against and will look the other way if money is involved. And that is how rich people, that is how they, they get by. Around the world. Yeah. yeah. This is how it's always been. And, you know, I will say this because I've said this about the moral grandstanding that is on Twitter as always. And it's like, I know for a fact. I've seen people who would shine Tony Khan's shoes for for a fucking nickel. So I know if you were put in a position where you had to look the other way and he offered you some money, you would probably do it. But because WWE is the big bad wolf, which to be fair, they are, um, you would be like, oh, the, the, what's, the, what's the thing that they say on Twitter? Fed bad. The Fed is bad. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Well, and it's like, it's so corny to me because it's like, yes, the industry is bad. There is stuff that is covered up all around this industry in every company. Please do not make this that just this is just WWE. These are billionaires. Multi well, what <laughs> my the place I was gonna leave this at and move on to the next one where we were comparing uh situations and handling and press conferences is one person is fired in shame and the other person is uh still employed in Heavily featured on a TV show, so just had a cruise actually. Just had a nice uh, Razor cruise. Yeah. So you know, before you get, before you, uh, before you uh, take too much of a victory lap, probably keep that in mind. Um, speaking of victory laps, we had a couple of people um, last night. Would you guys? It's gonna go. You know, Bailey and Cody taking victory laps, winning the Royal Rumbles. Um, What's your you know, take on the show? <laughs> what'd you take? What's your take on the show in general, there, Sam? Uh, the Royal Rumble last night. Man, uh, that first women's rumble, that that women's rumble, the first match of the night, that match was emotional. Um, it was a roller coaster. It was it was so much fun. Uh, you know, we had Naomi come back, we had Jordan Grace show up, and then the fact that that the history between them is relevant was incredible, and just the beats in that Rumble was incredible. And so for me, like that match itself made the entire night. 
Um, it was a good show all overall. Uh, the men's rumble, a lot of stars, a lot of WWE stars. There wasn't a lot of surprises, but it was good. It was fun. Um, but that women's rumble, man, that was that was incredible. It was fun. Uh, yeah, Eric... I just. Oh, go ahead, True. No, I was gonna say, did Eric leave? Is he like? I can't <laughs> see the screen. No, he's he's. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, what about you, True? What did you think of the Rumble? Uh, I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, for two reasons. One, everybody knows I'm not a Cody fan. I've never been a Cody fan. Uh, going back to his days of wearing no knee pads, I never was a fan of Cody. I think he's done a lot of work to make himself a star. Um, you know, kudos to him for attaching to the right situations to make himself a star. And, uh, I, I did not like the ending though. I thought punctual one, I thought it made more sense for Cody's story to, um, have another obstacle before reaching it. Because I think Cody's story is, 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 is rooted in emotion and his dad and his dad had to go through so many obstacles and never got the championship. Right. So I felt like there was a moment where Cody Cody coming this close and losing would have made him question himself, would have made him say, you know, am I going to let my dad down? Like, there has to, if you're going to, like, a story needs multiple pieces to it. If you yeah. lose and then you're like, oh, I'm back and I won the Rumble again, like, nobody needs to go back to back at this point. There's so many superstars in the WWE, so much talent. You can give the Rumble to a new person every year, different person every year. You don't have to keep doing like I think back to backs only worked in the era of Stone Cold Steve Austin's and like Shawn Michaels had no business being a back to back uh Royal Rumble. No, he didn't. <laughs> and so he was a boy toy, remember? He, he was, was a boy, boy toy. toy and he was Vince's yeah. favorite. But Stone Cold, that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. It Stone does. Cold was also battling the boss every every you know every like every year. So him having to go through 30, 29 other people to win and get a title shot makes sense. Cody Rhodes, not the same. It just didn't hit for me that end. And I thought you had, you know, Punk 10 years gone. He comes back on the 10th anniversary of his last, you know, basically his last match in WWE. He comes back and he has a chance to win the Rumble and punch his ticket to main eventing WrestleMania. I thought that story made more sense because Cody got his comeback story last year. So mm -hmm. I thought... That was, it's like Cody going through adversity is fine, but I think he needed to, you know, him going crazy and being desperate and being like, I'll do what it takes to, to you know, get back. I'll, I'll go through, I, like, I'll go through 29 other men. That didn't work. I'll go through five other men in the, cha in the elimination chamber in Australia. Right. Like, you can win Australia. Makes, yep. You know, it, that makes him more like it gives i think people will even be behind him a little bit more because i saw fans like ah, i wasn't feeling that like cody again like now you know like i don't mind him facing wrong but like cody again and this is the wwe issue sometimes when they have something that's working they start to kind of force it where they don't need to force it where, mm -hmm. where they'll take the easier route and instead of saying like hey cody here's what we're gonna do people are gonna start questioning like Cody has some crazy fans. I've seen, like, he got some crazy fans on Twitter. And, like, they're like, oh, Cody's punching his ticket. We never was in doubt. God, God deemed it that he's the chosen one. I've seen some crazy shit. So when I see <laughs> oh, stuff man, like you, that. You got some crazy friends, man. Man. Uh, they ain't my friends. I don't know. They just see it. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely my friends. But I just see them on 
you know, on on time on the timeline, they'll go viral. And yeah, I see no, you see some crazy like, people on the on the timeline. But that's the thing, I think, right? Like you'll see that, and it's like, imagine those are the people who believe it so much. You can pull at their heartstrings by being like, "Oh my God, are they really not going to do this for Cody?" And then Cody has to yeah, fight for anticipation. it. Anticipation. Yeah, and it gets those people behind him be more like, "Oh, Cody's going to go in that chamber," and that when he wins, you feel like you're a part of that journey. You feel mm-hmm. like as a fan. You're there because CM Punk's journey is I left for 10 years. I came back. This is the same event that I, my last event, this is like, it's a, it's perfect serendipity to put it all together. And then he walks in there and is this close to winning. And if he wins, there's an emotional moment for Punk to come back after 10 years. You win your rumble, you point at the sign, you set your date to be in, you know, one of the main events of WrestleMania. Yeah. You pick Seth, you made event night one and you finish your story. And that, and so what it does is, Cody had the opportunity. To, I'm finishing my story last year, so it's like, why go back to that? So I, I didn't like yeah. that. I will say the the women's rumble, I, I like, enjoyed. I thought it was, the, I thought that was like the most fun of the night. And the women's rumble was so good. Yeah, and and you know, seeing Naomi back was was cool. You know, yeah. it's like the Jordan Grace thing. Jordan uh, Grace, uh, yeah, Jordan Grace was, was super shock. cool. That was a shock to me because. I had heard maybe like two or three days before it like leaked out that like, oh, somebody from TNA is going to be in the Rumble. And I had heard Gail Kim was at, was possibly, or Mickey James is going to be the one uh, that they were pushing for. You know, kind of go for like a like I was a hoping Mickey would be there as well. Uh, but it was cool that, you know, because Mickey's yeah. not really, M- Mickey just became an executive with NWA. So she's not, I don't even think she's uh, in TNA. I, she might be. But I know that she is like an executive in, T- in NWA now. She's in like charge yeah, of the so women and stuff. Yeah, but so so I but I heard that I was thinking it was going to be Gail Kim because of, you know new TNA launch, and I think maybe something changed to where TNA said let's go with a current star, you know, somebody who is a champion. That way, it'll put more. Yeah, let's put one of our best women out there and put our best yeah. stuff forward, and hopefully people will see that and they'll come over to our show and watch our show a little bit. I don't know how well that strategy is going to work. I don't know how well it is either, but that's the idea. Because they really took advantage of it on the Twitter. They were really like, you know, touting, you know, Jordan Grace, Royal Rumble, come see her Thursdays on Impact. Like, they were really, like, going hard on that, I noticed. And I, and I think Jordan is – she she has a kind of a look that fits WWE anyway, right? I think, um, you know – Yeah, you I think a lot days. of people have been surprised that it's taken this long for her to get over there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One, one so, thing that you risk, though, as TNA is you risk somebody like Jordan Grace going to the Rumble and then being like, this is incredible. I'm going to come here instead, <laughs> you know? Oh, that's what they do. That's the WWE way. They're like, hey, you see how it is over here? But you see this I, catering? I, you don't have catering like this, do you? <laughs> now, I've heard there's uh, a reason why Jordan Grace has not accepted a WWE offer. And, and that I won't go into, but there's a reason why. Now, I think I think it's great though that they that WWE shows a willingness to work with outside, you know, um, outside people because there was a time where that was not even a thought. No, oh, so that's cool. I, yeah, and yeah, so absolutely, you know, absolutely. I mean, we got the uh, you know, they got these little partnerships. They're 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 trying to tell, and it's like WWE is still the big dog, so they will oh, take don't say more. Tell, from by you. the way, don't say tell. 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Because remember when they owned that town? I remember that. Yeah. Year? Wow. That was yeah, terrible. Yeah. That was so awful. I remember that. That was wow. <laughs> it was so awful. But no, like, sorry, I, like sorry. I, go on. No, you're good. So, like, I know WWE likes to do this thing where they'll take from you and they'll give you crumbs. Like, that's the, you know, that's how, that's how it works when you're the big dog. It, that's kind of what say, they did to the uh, the entire UK independent scene. It seems like I don't really know yeah. the details of that of that of those contracts, but they were like I saw independent promotions in the UK celebrating when their WWE contracts were up. Yeah, no, uh, there's a whole thing about that. Um, yeah, and I mean that's the thing with the big companies, right? The bigger companies, they they, they people feel like they take take and take. I've heard AW get criticized for their partnerships because people feel like they just kind of take from their their partners and don't really give the same back and that's just that's just that's just the way to you know especially when aw and tna had that like working relationship and like nothing changed in tna so like i think there's a there's like a there's like a thought process there like you know like this company's big they can help us but there's only so much they can do and i think um like i said the rumble I didn't expect much going into it. Um, the Fatal Four Way, I I barely watched it. Like, yeah, I, I was kind of in and out on that. You know, it was just like you know, it was cool. It was paid by numbers. It was just typical WWE. It's because you know stuff. It's because you know what's happening. I think that's the only issue I have with Roman's uh, title reign is that you don't go into any of his defenses thinking, "Oh, could this be it? Oh, could this be it?" Because you're kind of like, oh, we know where this is headed. It's either going to be him and Rock at some point or it's going to be him and Cody. So this is just filler, you know. And then he doesn't wrestle but once every couple months anyway. So, and this, you yeah, know, he's it's, like, I didn't even pay attention until I hear, oh, Solo Sokoa, Solo Sokoa. And then I go, okay, now we're getting something. Now something's going to happen. Yeah. And so um, the, I thought the Logan Paul and Kevin Owens match it was starting to pick up steam. I thought it was getting there, and then they did the DQ finish, and I was kind of like, ah. Oh, yeah. You know. That was predictable, too. I saw that one coming. You know, so, yeah. So, thumbs up in general, though, Royal Rumble. You guys like the show? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, first, okay. first show in WWE history with no McMahon and no Kevin Dunn. Um. So the the whole Kevin Dunn leaving thing, um, I really enjoyed their new kind of feel on production a little bit. Like yeah. they were putting clocks up on the Rumble. Did you guys notice that there were some clocks about how like how long the top three people have been? In <laughs> I there? did, but can anyone explain to me how someone could be in a in a forty five minute match for fifty two minutes before the match is even to number thirty? Oh, did that happen? Was it faked? The numbers <laughs> so I wasn't doing the, I wasn't doing the math. Just, I just real just... quick, if the entrants are 90 seconds and there's 30 of them, that's 45 minutes. And it was at like number 28, and they were showing that uh Jay Uso had been in the match for 52 minutes. I'm like, well, right. it ain't been 52 minutes since the match started, so how is that possible? <laughs> well, I'm gonna go back and watch the women's rumble and take notes. So yeah. I'm going to try to time it as well. But yes, to to I, I liked a lot of the aspects. Um, they did a lot more uh, like walk-ins, like watching the people yeah. walk in, this talking to them here. before the show. Like that was fucking cool. Um, I did appreciate the effort behind the clocks, um, even if that little detail was was kind of left out. Um, 
somebody, you know, I was talking to somebody who asked that question. How can they be in the 52? I'm like, I don't know, man. The same way that I physically, I was watching uh, the Iron Man match from WrestleMania 12, um, HBK and Bret Hart. And HBK is laying outside of the ring. 10 counts, the ref 10 counts going. And you can physically watch 30 seconds come off the clock. Of the timer for the Iron Man match, but the ref, but somehow he doesn't get counted out. <laughs> well, the referee, the referee counts kind of slow, you know. I, Thirty seconds. To I 10. mean, yeah, that's pretty slow. <laughs> um. So yeah, that all that stuff was awesome. I I, I completely agree. Um, you got to wonder what the what all of this means going forward. The WWE. scored a media deal this week that is that is uh you know that is shaking everything um there were some rumors maybe about amazon prime about some stuff like that it ended up being netflix um my first reaction was it's very bold of netflix to assume to assume that they will still exist in 10 years um with the way things have been going over there uh, I'm really interested to see the math, um, what they think that they're getting, because if you take the entirety of North America, probably 5 million viewers a week, how many of these people don't already have Netflix, but you're paying WWE $250 million a year? For five million viewers at twenty bucks a pop, but a lot of them probably already have Netflix. I I don't know. I I was very confused on how the numbers worked. I would love to see more of a breakdown on it or what their strategy was behind it. If they get you know give an interview, but um, I think something that needs to be said, and I've brought it up in a few places. Um, you know, me and a uh, Bix, we talked about it quite a bit actually on Twitter, but. You know, the WWE Network doesn't really get the credit that it deserves for being kind of the the forebearer and the flag bearer and the first man on the moon with direct singular service OTT. Um, Right before that, it was Netflix, but Netflix had its own thing where it was like a smorgasbord where you had everything. You had movies, you had shows, you had – you had documentaries, you had whatever. MLB was there, kind of a niche thing. Um, you know, never gonna gonna break their margins. WWE network was kind of the first that was like, you can come just straight to us, no providers, come right to us for our individualized product and stream it, and we'll put everything on there for you for this price. And then ever since then, in the last 10 years, since WWE Network has come along. That's what everybody fucking does. There's there's a hundred fucking streaming networks out there now. WWE was really kind of the first of its kind. Um, and now they have realized that the, the real money is in selling your rights to one of those streaming platforms and letting them worry about getting enough money for their investment. Um, so also oh, I'm going to stop you for a second. One of the things uh, about money for their investment is this uh, at the end of this year, 
uh, internationally, the WWE Network is going to be shutting down. Yeah. And all of the content yeah. is going to be moving to Netflix internationally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is going to be a part of it as well. Again, how many of those people already have Netflix? <laughs> the thing, oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so huge deal, huge money, um, really making – I mean, this is one of the – whether we what we think of WWE or not, you know they tout it all the time. <laughs> tout they tout it all the time on the show. Longest running episodic te- television. This has been a a foundational television show for cable for all these years, and they're moving on to full streaming. The times are changing. Huge money, huge implications. Uh, thoughts on the raw Netflix deal? True. So now the longest running episodic uh television show for wwe is now going to become smackdown yeah uh smackdown is this is the 25th anniversary of smackdown so you know and raw has only been on tv what six years seven years longer something like that six seven years longer so i think 93 93 to 2000 yeah yeah so when you're looking at that difference it's just that you're okay with moving raw which is not the number one rating show for WWE over the last couple years since obviously SmackDown has been on Fox, which is uh, naturally going to give you a bigger audience anyway. But I think, and I think SmackDown is moving to USA, if I'm not mistaken. I think I yeah, saw that. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So you have NXT's NXT moving to CW. CW. So it's like, WWE is essentially cornering all markets. And I think NXT being sold to a streaming platform would not have been as lucrative. So you have to oh, find, you're right. you know, uh, SmackDown would have possibly, but then if you look at all the revenue they're getting from SmackDown or had, even though the, the thought process is Fox essentially canceled SmackDown. That's what I've seen people say. It's like kind of what they've hinted at. And then SmackDown decided to go work with their you know, uh, WWE worked with their partner uh, in the USA Network to bring SmackDown, which is their, right now, their biggest uh, show audience-wise. So I think bringing SmackDown to USA Network um, allowed them to say, well, we can take Raw and put this on a platform like that. And the deal was so good that you just, I mean, I'm not turning down five, you know, it's five billion over with 10 years or something. Like I'm not turning it down. If if by some chance Netflix goes kaput, the WWE still has a strong footprint in television that they could easily find. I feel like they could easily find another deal somewhere else. So yeah. this is a gamble for Netflix, almost like a Hail Mary gamble, hoping that some of that WWE Honestly, that kind of what it it's kind of what it feels like because the way they've been bleeding to make this yeah. massive money deal for this product, like because is Netflix when you doing of, a bad, badly business wise right now? Oh fuck yes! They just um, I believe it was uh, second or first quarter last year. They posted basically twice in the last year. They posted record loss of subscribers. Wow! Crazy. Wow! Well, and, there and, you and go. So the WWE people will come back hopefully. Now I'm not gonna lie. The, the one thing that I thought would have been funny was Amazon Prime because I think Amazon Prime has set itself up to be a force in the streaming world because one, it's tied to Amazon. Amazon is massive. 
Prime, you know, Prime has had like original, uh, original like movies and like I know they had like Coming to America sequel and then they had like uh, you know, they had the show called Upload or something like that and and those were like fairly successful even if they weren't like good, but they were successful. <laughs> and so what Prime does is that a lot of people, you get Amazon Prime, it, you know, the video comes with it. So yeah, right. if you want your packages delivered in a day, you automatically get that. So it's a good way to tie it in. And I think the WWE had an opportunity to go with that because the NFL jumped into that business and the NFL jumped into the business with Amazon. And I think maybe WWE was like, ah, let's go with Netflix because Amazon was interested. And I thought that was probably where it was going to end up. Um, you know, I thought I thought a lot of people talked about Warner Brothers and, and Warner Brothers Discovery. But we talked about Netflix struggling with money. Warner Brothers is also going through their own fair share with money. So I didn't see WWE actually go in there. It was a cool rumor. It's kind of funny. <laughs> um, but the NBA is literally dragging the, the W, uh, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery along. So I think Netflix wanted to get into the game of live streaming. You know, they tried it with the Chris Rock special. That was quote unquote live in Baltimore. Um, they filmed it and it wasn't live. It was like a four to five minute delay, but it's they want to get into it. And I think that gives them what now seven, no, it was like nine, like nine to 10 months to prepare uh, for Raw coming there. So I, it's, it's a good deal for WWE, um, a risky one for Netflix. Um, I think if WWE handles this year correctly, though, then you absolutely, um, absolutely have a chance to make it somewhat profitable. But Netflix keeps raising its subscription prices. Yeah. And this is where I think the issue comes in is because Netflix used to be like nine bucks, eight bucks back in the day. Like, you know, like you get your Netflix, you invite your girl over. Like it was cheap. You know, you get, but now it's like twenty bucks, and the the cost of Netflix for the consumer who are most of the consumers are you know barely keeping afloat. I don't see. I see wrestling fans being willing to if they don't already have Netflix. A lot of people have canceled Netflix. So this is a, to, to Eric's point. A lot of people have canceled Netflix. Maybe Raw going to Netflix will make those people consider getting it back. And that might be possibly why they're doing it. So that's my take is I think they see the WWE is really hot right now. Um, you know, they got so many stars there. Um, maybe there's a potential. And I think Netflix and WWE, I think, had like a thing when the film stuff was going on, maybe. Um, you know, I, I think like there was like a movie that had like our truth in it or something. And like, a and, and like Trey songs or something. And it was like blood brothers, it's called blood brothers. It was like a WWE studio. And I think it was like only, it was on Netflix or only on Netflix. I can't remember, but they've dabbled a little bit with WWE. Now they're kind of dabbling in like live, live events streaming. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't plan on getting Netflix back. So, you know, I don't I don't envision that being a thing. So that is uh that is yeah, that's my thing. Um I think 
I think it it, it works for WWE. Um, it's promising for Netflix, but Netflix has given out a lot of money to people. They gave Chris Rock forty million. They gave Dave Chappelle sixty million. They gave eventually gave Monique like what five million or ten million or something like that. Um. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of things, man. Like a lot of things Netflix has done. They've you know lined people's pockets up very well, but they haven't lined their own pockets up. And uh, Ted Sarandos, who is the uh, CEO of Netflix, he has taken a lot of flag for how they've kind of gone about handling things. So it remains to be seen how well this all goes for uh, for WWE. But I, I think it's a good move for them, you know. But who knows where streaming goes, man? Like streaming is it's a weird place right now, you know. I think, um, what is it? Uh, Peacock. I don't know how well Peacock does, but I assume it does well enough, right? So, um, I mean, it. They're burning through barrels full of uh, wheelbarrows full of money too, but it, that's kind of just how streaming is going right now. So, I don't know. I don't think they're particularly worse than most other streaming platforms. So and I wonder that's the when thing, WWE's like, deal uh, with Peacock is up, and I wonder if they'll move to Netflix uh, completely when that happens. I would think that that's a you know, I would think so. I would think that would be the the, the inference here. Twenty twenty six, I believe, is when the Peacock deal ends for. Uh, wow. I think I could be wrong because I heard people say that the WWE's all the WWE stuff is still going to be on Peacock through, uh, you know, twenty twenty five when Raw is on Netflix. So. Um, I don't know. Like I said, it, it's it's a good thing, good good deal for WWE. I guess we'll see how it plays out. But uh, yeah, sounds like a good deal all around. I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's about it. I think streaming is going downward in general, and I think it's it's. I think entertainment in general kind of suffers, right? Like, look at the, look at the movies. Prime example, right? Like. You know, people used to, I used to hear people get excited about going to the movies and see new movies. And I don't even hear that, you know? And so it just, I think entertainment is kind of going through a down period. And I think wrestling is one of the few platforms that actually can last through it. Same thing with NFL, NBA, sports, and anything sports based. It's like the future, it's the wave. Like comic book movies are, are, are losing steam and, and we don't have big action movies anymore. And so that, blends into the streaming stuff too because you don't go to the 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 theaters are down in terms of revenue and so there's nothing on streaming that's interesting because used to people used to get the streaming services because you knew the movies that you might have missed in the theater were going to be on netflix or exclusively on this and they had like netflix had their own original movies then it's like netflix has done like five or six kevin hart movies and like nobody has even talked about them or ever seen them they did like the movie with rock with red notice and like you know people like it's just there's just not a lot of and that's a whole entire just not even just wrestling it's just a whole thing with entertainment where it's like really hard right now for i think different uh different platforms there's too many of them you know if like if i want max you know, that's 15 bucks, you know, a, a month or 16 bucks. And then yeah. if you want Disney Plus, they went up to like 12 or $13 a month. You want Peacock, that's 10, 15 bucks a month. 
And so it's just like, and and like you can only watch one really at a time. So that's the streaming model that I think is is flawed because with cable, used to just, oh, you know what? I'm gonna watch TNT tonight because they got the game on or ESPN. I'm gonna watch USA because wrestling's on. But there's so much at our fingertips. Or you might pop in a DVD because there's nothing else on. And I think that's the struggle, right? Because it's like, oh, I want to watch The Office. I'll just cut on Peacock. Oh, what else they got on Peacock? Oh, they got this. They got that. Okay, I'll watch that. Or they'll give you a free trial. And they've even stopped giving us free trials because of the fact they were losing money from that. You could just easily get three or four different emails and make a free trial for a month and go three or four months scot-free without without paying for anything. So like they, you know, the business model, they readjust and, and charging us more now, but it's just not, I don't think it's sustainable. I think this deal will have to be called back in some way, shape or form in a couple of years. But in the meantime, if I'm WWE, I'm riding with it. So speaking of things in entertainment that you just don't know how they're going to play out, True, you had yourself a little interesting situation or anything that you want to uh, talk out on here, things you've been getting asked about. Um, wrestling related. <laughs> um, so a lot of people have asked me um, about the commander theme, which, of course, myself in a, a very, very talented uh, New York New Jersey Philly based artist rated R uh, had the pleasure of doing about 11 months ago. Uh, Commander has been a very, very big fixture on AW television. He has been in title matches. He has done a lot of great things. I will say this. It's been very obvious for those who listen to this podcast and people who know me to know my personal situation has not been the best over the better part of this last six to eight months. Had some health things pop up, has, you know, financial stuff. I moved from my hometown. Um, you know, I, a lot going on. If you've paid attention to anything that's happened, I've been, you know, doing something I don't like to do, which is reach out and ask for help. It's a very foreign thing for me. If everybody who people, especially people who've known me. Uh, for 10, 11, 12, 20 plus years. Very rare thing for me to do. Uh, so I had reached out for some help and I reached out to AEW, be like, hey, I have a song that's on television for you guys. Everybody knows how this business goes, Ro royalties, money, blah, blah, blah. And I got ghosted for like the better part of a month. And then what happens is that people saw my situation People reached out to AEW like, hey, help your guy out. This, this guy's got a song on television with you guys. And, like, he's going through something. Like, Tony has helped out, you know, podcasters with their cars. He's helped out people who are just fans with, like, medical bills. He's helped out people who have no attachment to the company. And it's like, this is someone who is going through it. Can you help this guy out? And, you know... I joke about stuff. I was like, hey, Tony, you know, if the Jaguars win today, slide your boy five stacks, you know, couple, you know, <laughs> you know, couple, couple little jokes and stuff like that. But also serious because, you know, I have a song that's on television and the way royalties are received and, and sent out, it did not go through the proper way. 
which is I would have got it myself and would not have had to even contact the company. However, regardless of that, there's still uh, a relationship there with myself and people in AEW, as I've alluded to on this on the show from inception. <laughs> um, a lot of people told me though when CM Punk left that there were people who were just like not happy with with me because I was like. I, I was like, I didn't understand Tony saying, I fear for my life because another grown man happened. There's things that happen there. I'm being actually very light about this, very professional about yeah. this here. But the reality is, because here's where we start to get a little not professional about this. I was essentially, I've been essentially fighting for my life on a daily basis. And a big thank you to my co-host, to CM Venus and a couple uh, other people, Jay Stringer, uh, JD, some of my other people, they've looked out, they've shared my situation. Uh, even, uh, you know, Sam has, has shared a few times too. Like, there are people who have been like, bro, I know you're going through it. I've known you for years. I know this is not a normal thing for you. This is a very unusual situation. We got your back. We support you. We're riding with you. I have had the Unfortunate pleasure, as I've said on the show, of having people in bigger media outlets and forums who I used to work with and have relationships with, be, be cool with, start to attack my character, lie on me about why I'm in the situation financially that I've been in. I took it personal because the company themselves started aiding these people even more. So I felt like, dude, what's going on with that? I asked questions, I reached out, ghosted. If you watched, Rampage and Collision, Commander was on both. I had no knowledge for one that he was on both. I usually get a notification that he's going to be on the show. And about two weeks ago, I was given the idea that maybe, just maybe, there would be some kind of resolution and some help. I was told, however, that people tagging Tony Khan about my situation, my day-to-day -day situation, was a hindrance to him and bothered him. Now, the methods that some of people might have gone through have been a little bit much. I I can I can concede that. Some people are like, hey, pay this guy what you owe him, give him some money. And I was like, dude, I need y'all to chill. Like, yeah, like I got it. But then I think about it. If my communication a month prior to all that starting would have been reciprocated, we would not be in this situation. Wrestling, as a infamous Chicago straight edge superstar has alluded to himself, has terrible communication. AEW, terrible communication. Three years ago, when I first started working with them, I said they have terrible communication. We are late on payments. We didn't get our checks when we were supposed to get them for the first who we are. I have been straightforward. No reason. What do we say on here? We ain't lying. We don't lie to you on this podcast. We're telling you what happens. I have receipts, proof of everything. A lot of artists, I will not say their names because the, we're, 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 we're fam, we fam, so I'm not going to put them out there. But a lot of artists also have gone through issues where they have not got paid properly by that company, by the other company, or they were given $200 and said, oh, we, you don't get residuals. You're fucking over artists who are giving you their hard-earned work, their lyrics, things that they get paid for in general. Fucking over artists. That's fine. You might not know, but there's a, a young lady who does artwork. She does artwork. 
AW purchased some artwork from her once before to use it. They were supposed to give her consistent royalties every time they used it. They have not given her royalties outside of their very first time. This is a common issue with the company. They pay you once, and it's similar to what Eric mentioned about Vince, right? You mentioned this about Vince, right? When Vince was like, uh, Vince would buy out people, give them 70%, and then just stop. So this is a situation here It's very similar. I'll say this. This is where we start to go slightly off the hinges. I personally have no issue with anybody in AEW. I've never had a personal issue with anybody in AEW. To my face, no one has an issue with me. But it's the private stuff that no one hears. With them aiding a brand who lied and sent their minions at me to lie on my situation, because if they lied on my situation, trolled my my financial services, that means what they trolled got back to those people that work in the company. If you want the full story, that's the full story. They left me out to dry, left me for dead, proverbially. Okay. Yeah, but this latest thing that just happened that everybody's been asking about that people were waiting to hear about something to do with the, maybe the song, the presentation of the song changing. Well, I say all that in a roundabout way to get to the fact that me asking for help and them paying me led to them saying, fuck it. Instead of doing this and doing the right thing and helping this guy, we're just going to remove you from the song. I was told a week and a half ago, there was a conversation. They said, should we do that? People in AEW told me, we talked. I said, no, we're going to talk and figure out what's going on. I said, oh, wow. For the last two months, I've been trying to get in touch with somebody, and nobody said anything. It just took random people on Twitter adding you guys and being like, hey, help this guy out. So you going, what's going on? So for people who want to know what happened, this is the backstory of what happened. There's, it's not just a one thing that just happened. This is a long-standing issue that has hit the fan. And this is a company who, being completely honest, I don't think there's a lot of self-awareness in those rooms because the Commander theme, without the lyrics, it, I'm going to try to say this in a nice way. It's very mediocre. It ain't the same. It's not the same. The whole point of me creating the verse that starts it off is I'm flying high because that's what Commander does. He's a he's a lucha. He flies. That was what I intended to do. We gave him something that people loved. I hear people all the time, man, I love that theme. I love that theme. I was also a part of Who We Are, Volume 2, which I've alluded to on here. That was supposed to come out in September. It is almost February. Nothing's been announced and asked. I'm probably not beyond that anymore, but that's fine. I thought like I was getting paid money for that anyway. So there's like a whole thing there. If you want, what is the crux of this? Don't be living day to day and have a company who uses your work pay you because they don't give a shit. They don't care. Essentially, what I was told is that 
If the big wigs don't care, man, you just got to go with it. And I said, but that's my money. This is my work. It's like, hey, man, you know, I, I can't go in and look at the books, brother. I can't figure this out. I don't know. Cool. That's fine. That's fine. Let's fight a losing battle. So if you hear and see Commander and it don't hit the same no more when he comes out, that is why. And now, <laughs> let me be clear, too, because anybody, you know, there's certain people who would like to prey upon and. This has been going on the entire time we've had this fucking podcast. So uh, clearly it doesn't affect our ability to be able to evaluate AEW's TV and the effectiveness of what's going on with it because we've said plenty of positive things about AEW and the TV and the pay-per-views. This situation doesn't – because when we evaluate that kind of stuff, we're paying homage and and – and hyping up the performance of the people busting their ass in the ring in, in production in, in the people who run the show, um, those types of things. That has nothing to do with the business side where, as you guys can see, they're kind of fucking my guy around here. Where and I'm not the only one. I want people to be clear. I'm it's not been a struggle one. for him to receive his royalties, even though he is – supposed to have connections inside this company and has expressed that he's in a very tight situation. It's still a struggle to get his royalties. And then after he made enough noise, they just took him off the song entirely um, to sum this all up. Um, and again, like you said, he's not the only person who was having these issues. And that's the thing. And once again, if you can take me off the song, that's fine. Just pay me out. Really? That's it. That's all. Pay me out. We good. I ain't got nothing to say about you. But to take me off and then not pay me, that is a little, eh, yeah, like really, like if I and I've, I've heard people say a couple ways I could go about this. Um, trust me, uh, these are all options I'm looking into. But once again, AW, the wrestling program, that's I don't have anything bad to say about it. I might not watch a Commander match, <laughs> but that's a, I might put the channel on mute when he comes out. Otherwise, but for the most part, like I said, there's still some great wrestlers that I that I know over there. Uh, some people who've actually looked out and, you know, try to pass the word along and and, and, and try to get me, you know, and I, I, I don't have anything, you know, against the, the, the wrestlers. The wrestlers are just workers like the rest of us. Right. You know, they're just trying to uh, do their thing and survive. Um, I still think what Swerve is doing in AEW is amazing. I think Daniel Garcia is poised to be the next breakout star in the company. Uh, none of this changes because, for one, we're professionals. It's one thing. There's one thing about us. We may be a little brash, may be a little aggressive, may have a little, well, a little more, eh, little kick to what we do than the others. But at our core, we're professionals. When I get a job and I'm asked to do something for these companies, you can ask them. And if they're not going to lie about it, I get it done quicker than anybody else. Wrapped up. I promote the shit out of it, too, when I do it. So that's all that is. If you wanted to know what it is, a lot of people have been saying, oh, my God, they don't pay artists for artwork. They don't look out for that. That's all true. They took they took somebody else's video style and made their own video of it. They did a lo-fi video. Of 
uh, Orange Cassidy, right? I think it's the video that they that they they went kind of viral from AW and Orange Cassidy video, which is very Tiger style. Um, Tiger style pro, who's a video editor. Uh, Lost Lost Frisco, who's another one who who does great, uh, you know, make great videos and Rusty's Russell Wave guy. Shout out to him. Uh, they're they're taking pieces of their style, and instead of hiring these guys and paying them. They're doing it themselves. And that's, it's not exactly stealing per se, but it is a fucked up thing to do because these are the creators that created these templates for you. And instead of just paying them to do it, you do it yourself so you can be cheap or whatever. And that's the problem. There's a lot of things going on in that company that I don't know. I know I'm on people's radar. They're watching me and that's totally fine. I don't give a shit because when we take the professionalism away from this and the business side, that is personal. That is personal. You're fucking with my livelihood. And at that point, all the gloves are off. But at the end of the day, FTR and Daniel Garcia versus House of Black and Collision and Dynamite and all that shit, we're still going to cover these things because this is what we do. I don't watch WWE, but we can still talk WWE. We can still cover it. I'll still catch certain shows. I'll still do all of that. Because this is what we do. And I'm glad Eric alluded to that because people people tend to think, oh, man, you're just all anti-AEW. No. Well, no. But on a personal level, yeah. Like, if you were struggling and you needed the help and you got shit on TV and people don't help you, you would feel the same way. Anybody who works in that company who, who took me off, if you put yourself in that position, if you were in that position and you you felt you felt that way, you wouldn't like that feeling either. So I think there needs to be a perspective. And the last thing I'll say is rich people do not see you on equal footing as them. So all you fans who will dick it's ride. kind of been the theme of the episode, huh? Yes. Dick ride, Vince McMahon, Tony Khan. They don't give a shit about you. None of them. If they don't even care about their employees and the people that they that do work for them, they don't fucking care about you. When you got WWE, WWF junkie, 996. Triple H don't give a fuck about you. Physic Man ain't never give a fuck about you. Bruce Pritchard, Kevin Dunn, they don't give a fuck about you. When you got All Elite, All Elite something or AEW 99 Defender, Tony Khan don't give a fuck about you. You know what Tony Khan cares about more than you? WWE, WWF, Stan 999, because that's the person that he's going to worry about. I For two months, people said, hey, could you help this guy out? He ignored it, got mad about it. Eric Bischoff said, your show sucks. He responds to that. WWF stand. Your show sucks. He responds to that. The priorities. Worried about the wrong thing. That's AEW. But on the television show, they're finally rounding in to be good. Again. Starting to get good again. And that's that's what we as fans want. And once again, I think I said <laughs> everything I need to say in a lot nicer and more professional way without throwing anybody under the bus here. And I'm going to keep, we're going to continue doing what we do because one monkey don't stop no show here. Uh, none of this DAR existed long before there was an AEW. True God existed long before Tony Khan even had a foot in this business. Let's call that what it is. When Tony Khan was sitting on the sidelines in the crowd, I was helping book matches for independent promotions. You do not. 
do not ever disrespect me and treat me like I'm lesser in this business because you aren't familiar with my resume. If you don't know, now you know. And that's all. That is all. But that's the theme of today. Rich people don't give a fuck about you. There you go. Rich people do not care. That's just, that's the theme for today. It's, it's a very heavy theme, too, though, actually. I think it's a very heavy theme because it's not just wrestling. It's just life. And, and real life supersedes professional wrestling. And that, I think, is, is the crux of this entire show. You had a woman go through hell because a rich person utilized their power and does not care about that person's well-being. You don't care about that woman's well-being if you're going to do all that disgusting shit to her and pass her. Like, it's fucking, it's fucked up. If you care about somebody's well-being, you should care about their mental, their health, their financial, emotional. You care about people's well-being. My brothers in this DAR thing, I want all of my brothers to be healthy, all of my brothers to be well. I want all of us to be able to function properly. Rich people don't care about you. You are a consumer to them. You are a dollar. You are a cheer. You are a slice of ass to them if, if that's what they want from you. you. They don't see you as a human being. They see you as a worker. They see you as somebody they can use. So just be mindful. When you're going at each other, this is for fans, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, in the comments, when you're going at each other and you're fighting over each other, at each other over these companies. Remember, you do not work for them. You are not employed by them. And even if you are employed by them, you don't have to be, you know, premium ass kisser number one. You could just be normal. But Dax, you can do these things. Be normal. Be normal. Treat people kindly, for one. Stop, and also stop letting wrestling impact real life to the point where you are attacking people who have and trying to dox people who've done nothing to you personally fucking weirdos this ain't revenge of the nerds brother this is real life you play with people and you might play with the wrong one everybody don't play the same that's all i gotta say these rich folks do not care about you you do not know those people either no you damn sure don't you think you do you think you know me but you don't you think you know me. we are not newsbreakers. we are truth tellers the world of dar never stops